Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami um, grouped them at the end of, Ch of Chaitanya Charitamrita in words, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in, 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 in a succession. This kind of organization, if you will, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's verses seems to have been a theological contribution of um, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. And then later, and in more modern times, in our party bar, founded by, well, a uh, prominent figure in which is Bhakti Thakur, the Thakur uh, took that order of the Shikshastika verses uh, envisioned by Krishna Skaviraj Goswami and related them to the different stages of bhakti uh, mentioned by Rupa Goswami in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Stages from initial faith to um, uh, who, uh, in, in which one would receive their bhajan, uh, shiksha and diksha. So then the practice itself, bhajan kriya, and then we come to the stage of nisha that we're going to talk about today. Then, but following that is to is to uh, continue uh, ruchi, taste, uh, asakti, attachment, and then bhava, and um, ultimately. Given, they have been uh, commented on extensively by Vishwanath Chakrit Thakur in his book Madhuri Kadamini. Interestingly enough, in his Bhagavatam commentary in the first canto, the Thakur, Vishwanath Chakrit Thakur, expanded those eight um, stages, I think, into, into 14. So uh, I just mentioned that there's there's some some gray if you will in analyzing the different stages rather than just a very rigid kind of black and white i seem to have disappeared from the screen here can you see me i don't know why um we can't see you but we can hear you there i'm back again right yeah. So, so, um, so it's a it's a it's a basic kind of framework. These these different stages, if you will, um, and um, um, again, there, there's uh, room for some some gray, some some overlapping um, between them, and um, and so we. Of Bhaktivinoda I believe to have um, commented on those verses of Shikshastakam in relation to the different stages given by Rupa Goswami. He did this in his commentary on Shikshastakam and also in a book of his entitled Bhajan Rahasya. And in both of those uh, uh, texts, he does identify the third verse with the stage of Nishta. And probably the overriding factor there in that determination is the last line of the, the verse, Kirtaniya Sada Hari. So it, it speaks of a continuous, uninterrupted um, participation in, 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 in Kirtan, which is not a bhakti, the implication of which is, um, in, which is the main Anga or limb of bhakti that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu employed. I, I've referred to it as the method to his, his madness, but the implication is there um, Kirtan or uh, any other of the primary angas um, or any uh, combination of them, full engagement, uninterrupted engagement in, in bhakti. So, um, Having said that, it may be useful to um, look back at the Padyavali of Rupa Goswami because there he has a category, uh, Bhaktanam Nishta. So the Nishta, the, the firm faith um, uh, of the devotees, like this verse in that, under that hang. But he has placed um, a number of verses there 
and it's um, just looking at them is an is an interesting way of uh, kind of an insight into how you could say how Rupa Goswami looked at the stage of Nishta, and there we find a kind of a sublime uh, confidence uh, portrayed in the various verses of different uh, devotees that uh, uh, seem to speak of almost uh, a retirement of um, intellectual uh, doubt and the study of the scripture for the sake of overcoming that um, and so forth. So kind of having arrived at a stage where argument is uh, uh, no longer an issue or even something that is um, that uh, such devotees are enthusiastic to entertain <laughs> retiring it so to speak with full conviction in in a, in a budget life itself let me in fact I've, I've, I've written a couple of them down here just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Well, here's a couple from Sarbon about the charges. Again, these are verses that Goswami has cited and placed under the category of Nishta. But the charge, as we know, is a great learned person um, and Vedantist. So he was a very heady um, fellow. Some people say that he was the, he's the most famous logician in all of uh, um, and uh, he, he says, this is one of his verses, uh, that Rupa Goswami is placed under Nishita. The talkative people, he says, will rebuke us. We do not care. We will drink the liquor of love for Lord Hari. We will become completely intoxicated. We will roll on the ground. We will dance. We will experience ecstasy. So it's a person that was very much involved in intellectual debate in Gyan and um, was, of course, converted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally. And um, here he is expressing himself in, in Mishta, in Rupa Goswami's estimation. And uh, it um, more than less constitutes a retiring of that type of intellectual if you will. Uh, in other words, the intellect has become satisfied. The doubts, the doubting of the intellect, its function, its questioning and so forth uh, has, has been, its, its, its appetite even has been, has been satisfied. It's been stuffed. It's full. And now it's being used only for how to best serve in any given instance. Another verse from the same category of Nishta. Liberation may appear before me. The enduring kingdom of Lord Brahma may also appear before me, but I do not care for them. I simply desire to serve Krishna, the leader of the cowherd boys. And I'll give one more, which is uh, one I kind of like, by Sri Suryotamacharya. This is, again, a verse placed in the category of Nishta. Oh, I thought I had it written down here, but I don't. Let me, let me see if I can grab it from somewhere else. It's a nice, nice verse. No, I don't think I'll be able to. Um, at any rate, um, these are the type of verses that... Uh, um, that Rupa Goswami has, has cited. And again, I, I, they kind of speak to us at, at, as to the end, if you will, of, I would say, of, of Nishta, the culmination of that, um, which um, is characterized as employing fully one's intellect in bhakti. So the way, the point being here, the way in which we properly employ, employ our, hmm, 
disappeared from the screen again. I don't know why that's happening. Sorry for that. Um, we just turned you off to see your, your, your connection's really slow. So we're just seeing, I've turned off all the videos and I'm just seeing if we turn yours off, if it will help. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, so anyway, an engaging of the intellect in such a way as to, uh, uh, it's, it's, it has a big appetite. Like the senses have an appetite, the mind have an appetite for gratification. So does the the intellect. The uh, employ, uh, uh, engaging our intellect it will result in appeasing it, satisfying it, putting it in its place, so to speak, so that it doesn't uh, logic and reason, so to speak, um, um, are understood to have their limitations. And um, and we can rise uh, above and beyond them, and enter, of course, into the next stage of ruchi of taste. So um, uh, this is a, 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 a again by citing Goswami's verses. I think we're looking at the the end of Nishta, where and a proper engagement of the intellect in examining the scripture, examining one's faith and so forth, strengthening with one's head, one's heart, um, results in really a, a, a putting the, the, the intellect in terms of its doubting function to, to rest. So a kind of a, uh, I've, I've, cited, I've, I've described Nishta at times as, the, um, as an interim goal, hmm? but it's a high goal. It's, it's to reaching the top of the mountain, so to speak, when the goal ultimately is to enter into the valley of praying below. So uh, it's kind of relief when you get to the top of the mountain. You're no longer struggling with the mind, the senses, neither the intellect. The intellect has also been arrested and put it put in its place, so to speak. Um, and that's, of course... Art to strengthen the faith by exercise of the intellect that should be done in good association. But um, it's um, um, the way Rupa Goswami is describing it here in terms by, by way of citing these verses, it's kind of a, a restful, like uh, again, this analogy I've reached the top of the mountain. Oh, I can see the valley below. So I'm very encouraged in the path from Hill. Um, so while I have in the past, uh, described it as an interim goal. It's not a low uh, uh, hanging fruit, so to speak. It's it's quite a, a, a uh, an, an, an attainment. Hmm? Um, uh, again, uh, in, in in now climbing a mountain. Well, you know, to get to the top, it's not easy. And when you get there, it's only the interim goal. But again, the rest of the way is is is, is downhill. So um, it's an important um, um, ideal or stage, um, and very much involves, as I say, and we don't often think of it like because we think controlling the senses, we don't think of controlling the intellect. But it 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 also involves capturing entirely the intellect. Um, so that's um, sometimes described as, as, as firm faith. So a well-reasoned faith, we could call it, which brings to mind um, a interesting, the interesting perspective of our Paribar coming from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Let me just interrupt myself for a minute. Can you hear me, Arjun City? Is it working better now? Not really. In fact, um, someone asked that we turn the video back on because it's not really helping. So what are your thoughts? Uh, is it, do I need to speak louder or? No, it's just, it's the connection. You have a real, your connection saying it's like in yellow and red zone or you don't have very much bandwidth. It says. Wait a second, let me, oh, I think I can correct that here. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> You may lose me for a second, but that's okay. You are worth it. Is that better? No. 
Yeah, I'll speak a little bit and then I'm going to try putting okay. it back on video. Okay. Yeah, you can try the video. See. Um, so it's, uh, it's worth mentioning when we speak of firm faith. Hmm, there we go. When we speak of firm faith or well-reasoned faith, um, where um, to, to, to refer to Bhaktivedanta's insightful perspective on this, wherein he distinguishes between belief and faith. He sees belief as a expression of faith whose purpose is to serve and nourish one's faith. And as such, beliefs can be uh, different for different people. Um, and again, the belief should not be conflated with faith, which is different. Faith is, in a, is kind of an abiding understanding of the essence of the of the texts, the tradition, and that um, derived primarily from experience. Sometimes Pujapad Sridharmarsh would describe faith as, uh, well, the spiritual world is planets of faith. So uh, um, the eradication of uh, of of doubt. Uh, sometimes in the Gita, well, in the Gita, we find the idea that a person is one's faith. So uh, it's the animating principle in life. So we're speaking about divine faith. It's, it's animating us to, to practice. It's, uh, it's largely derived from the experience that comes from applying ourselves in, in belief through hearing philosophy, through um, other um, expressions of the faith. But in particular, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has um, highlighted history and time. These subjects have come up in our talks at times in the past and even in the recent uh, past. Um, so um, the Thakur has uh, explained that History and time in particular are external and the way in which we approach the tradition and think about it historically and in terms of time um, may be different for different persons. And that which works best for the individual as a belief that will foster his faith is the one that we should embrace. So, to give a couple of examples, um, the, the authorship of the Bhagavatam in the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the conclusion was that the Bhagavatam was authored by Vyas in his maturity, as, as the text says, Vyas was a singular person. Um, I believe it's described there that he had a number of sages who were editing the text. And this work of Vyas was basically taking the revelation which was previously heard and spoken and not written down and writing it down in, in Kali Yuga. That's the traditional kind of uh, perspective, which um, there's nothing to argue about at that time because there was no other way of looking at it. There was no other way of dating the texts or exploring who the authors were um, and so on and so forth. Uh, other outside of what what the texts seem to say themselves. But in the course of time, in our modern time, in our present time, for example, there are different ways that um, have been developed for examining the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the timeline of the texts, uh, ancient texts, the authors, and so on and so forth. And uh, Bhaktivinoda was not one to just dismiss those methods altogether. They had validity. They were different ways of analyzing. Um, and, um, and some persons, in light of those methods, in the time in which he or she lives, and given their particular disposition, may find it problematic for the 
flourishing of their faith and well-reasoned faith to look at that particular subject, for example, from a traditional point of view. Hmm? They may be more influenced by the modern way of looking at texts and uh, and and uh, which, for example, dates the Bhagavatam at a at an at a later date and um, assumes that there was not uh, that the Vyasa was a mytho-historical character that. Um, um, doesn't really isn't this isn't the, the, the I should say the singular uh, author of the text, but over the course of centuries, different people wrote the different Puranas and so on and so forth. The Bhagavatam, I don't know, forget what they where they where they dated and so forth. Uh, but Bhakti Notaka was um, looked at the issue itself of the authorship of the Bhagavatam as a belief. That, that would work for different people at different times or of different dispositions. And um, with regard to these two perspectives, a modern scientific perspective, uh, let's say uh, historical perspective, means of dating texts and so forth, and the traditional method, these are two systems, uh, two ways of believing, so to speak. That if one, you can't say one is true or another in any definitive sense, um, you can uh, choose one or the other, so to speak, whichever causes your uh, best helps your uh, your faith to become firm. Basically, um, another example would be, let's say, and this was asked about recently, I think, as well. Um, time, so history, time, obviously, are, are connected, but uh, in the uh, at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the, the, the perspective on time, these epic uh, cycles of yuga cycles, Satyatreta, Dwarpakali, four yuga cycles that are described in the different uh, Puranas in different ways uh, with different uh, measurements and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, this is a little radical, but this is what he's talking about. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, of course, determined to be, the, the from a Puranic perspective, an avatar which, of which there are many in the Puranas, um, and for the particular yuga and the Kali yuga, according to the Bhagavatam, would be you know at, at, at this time, and so he's the Kali yuga avatar. Now in, the, in modern times, well, we could we we can we can hold on to that. That's fine. Or we can we can be influenced by modern thinking and find it troublesome to think about that because oh you know according to modern thinking in research and so forth, um, the way they would probably frame it is there's, there, there's four ages. There's the physical age of stars and so forth. And then there's the, the, the mineral and chemical age. And then there's the, the biological age. And then there's the self-awareness stage. So we have physical stardust and then uh, the chemical table, you know, the uh, develops and the idea would be then from chemicals comes biology and then at a certain point in biological life there's self-awareness that we have for example in in uh it's very prominent in 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 human life um so not that i i necessarily agree with that uh i there's certain certain features of it that that i don't and are are, are far from uh, being um um, anything other than a belief, really, um, that could change um, with new, new, new evidence or other ways of looking at it and so forth. Um, and the overarching perspective, of course, is the material world is, is, is basically a transformation of, of, from the our, from Bhagavatam's perspective of the gunas and uh, can show you one thing, can show you another thing at different times. So at any rate, in that scenario, those four ages, if you will, then someone could say, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the preeminent person in the yuga of self-awareness that, that uh, exemplifies the fullest measure of um, uh, reach and um, 
prospect of self-awareness or consciousness, becoming aware of oneself, the, uh, the, the subjective realm and so forth. He, he represents that uh, uh, fullest prospect for the human society and therefore he is the self-awareness um, avatar <laughs> or whatever. So someone could frame it like that. <clears throat> in, in, in time, that would be a certain belief about history and time that is not to be conflated with faith. So the, so it, it's just a, an interesting insight of, of Bhakti Thakur to separate the two. And we, we, we find, of course, some persons in, 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 the, in the devotional community who have very firm beliefs that are not aware of this, even in our own paribar, uh, of this insight of Thakur Bhakti Vinod. And therefore, if, for example, someone believes differently about a particular historical or uh, 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 pers- perspective, they may thought to be uh, deviant and one who ab- adheres to or upholds a particular belief with regard to history and time, given the examples I've cited, um, is, is an example of someone in Mishta. Well, from Bhaktivinoda Thakur's perspective, that would not be the case. Hmm? Um, so, well-reasoned faith, if this is Nishta, it includes distinguishing faith from belief. Hmm? And, and we see this also um, in, um, at the end, there's a nice statement at the end of the Brahma Vimohan Leela, um, an important uh, section of, of, of Srimad Bhagavatam at the, at the end of Brahma's prayers, um, the great uh, and uh, kind of seminal commentary commentator for our tradition, uh, uh, Sridhar Swami, he described the the Leela that Brahma witnessed with the coward boys and the calves, their interaction with Krishna and so forth. And Krishna, of course, manifesting himself as the calves and the coward boys and, and so on as um, the, the play of consciousness rendered into a theatrical performance. So in other words, um, deep faith well-reasoned faith is the essential idea of the scripture that given the abed-abed, metaphysic, there must be lila, there must be in transcendence, there must be the prospect of interacting with the object of love. Hmm? We call it rasa. Uh, and, and as it plays out, it's, it's lila. He, he, he spoke about it in a very kind of broad um, way um, with this phrase, um, uh, the play of consciousness, he's defining Lila, the Lila, the play of consciousness um, rendered into a theatrical performance. I like that very much. Um, another example, if you will, of what I'm, what I'm talking about um, is that even though Acharyas have spoken in a particular way about the tradition historically, um, about the Leela Bhaktivinoda said that all the commentaries of the Acharyas previously on the Bhagavatam were all basic, more literal commentaries. Hmm? And they were um, useful for more for Krishna mentality. Hmm? Um, in which intellect is not as um, much I- I involved, if you will. The faith is not yet well well reasoned. Hmm? I've spoken, of course, about Leela as 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 described in the, in the text and by the charges as their descriptions as partial representations in word in language of something that contains that and, and, it, and is much more than that. Um, uh, so uh, we, we, 
even though they may emphasize in a particular way, some, often in, the, in more the traditional perspective, um, a good example of Prabhupada, there was a, there's a disciple of his named Krishnadas who had trouble with some of the um, uh, perspectives in, in the Bhagavatam takes on history, time, and whatnot in comparison to the modern scientific perspective. And Prabhupada, uh, uh, and he wrote to Prabhupada about it, and Prabhupada wrote back and said, yes, uh, you know, there's some things in the Bhagavatam could be taken allegorically, and you don't have to think about it like that. Um, if the modern scientific perspective on, on, on is more, is causes your faith to be nourished, uh, better uh, by accepting that than going against it, then no, no problem. Then you should embrace it. But of course, he went on to say that doesn't mean that the scientific perspective is necessarily true. It, you know, it, it's certainly lacking in, in in many respects, especially as it veers towards uh, uh, materialism and and the the, uh, the, uh, the idea that there, there there is no self and, and so on and so forth. But. Um, uh, you can see that underneath Prabhupada's presentation, he had a well-reasoned faith, if you will, that enabled him to distinguish between belief and faith. Um, Pujapad Sridhar another example. Um, sometimes there's a reading of the Bhagavatam in the fifth canto that can lead one to believe that the text is saying that the sun is closer than the moon. I, I don't think it literally says that, but at any rate, um, it's often taken like that. But once when discussing with Pujapad Sridharmarsh about that, he said, oh, you, know, you should think about it like this, that the sun is closer because its influence on us is stronger. So he took a very subjective kind of perspective on it. So these, are, I think, are some examples of, of, of what I'm talking about that underlying even a more literal presentation by greater charges is a well-reasoned uh, faith that enables them to distinguish between belief and faith. An important point, I think, um, to bring up. Um, we're left by some uh, imitation nishtabhaktas, if you will, to think that if we think differently about a particular belief and distinguish it from faith that somehow we're, we're, we're not even in the ballpark, we'll just speak at Nishta, when in fact their Nishta is being brought into question here when we look at it from the perspective of and what it means to have a well-reasoned um, faith and a flexibility and real standing, I want to say, in a land of faith, really standing on the ground of experience um, deep spiritual experience. So, so what is an example then of the deep spiritual experience of Nishta? As I said, it's an interim goal, but it's not. Um, it's a high goal. You got to get to the top of the mountain. So it's it's not easy. There's there's a lot of um, effort to be involved. Hmm? And taking advantage, grace, and uh, in the form of the opportunity itself uh, uh, before us. Uh, so an example that Jiva Goswami invokes in Bhakti Sandarbha is that of Narada Muni. Hmm? Narada Muni, of course, can be looked at as a Nitya Siddha or a Sadhana Siddha. He, he be looked as a Nitya Siddha who is uh, playing the role of a Sadhana Siddha in Bhagavatam to teach. So sometimes commentaries on the section that I'm going to cite um, uh, speak of him more as a Nitya Siddha and play down the text itself is really speaking about, but Jiva Swami in the Sandarbhas, in his Bhakti Sandarbha, does um, identify Narada Muni as a, uh, arguably, as a Nishta Bhakta, hmm? at the point of which um, he first had the darshan of Krishna. So this is very high. And the story goes, of course, it's in the sixth canto of the first chapter, sixth chapter, I should say, of the first canto of the Bhagavatam, Nard is uh, uh, is living with who he doesn't know who his father is. She doesn't either. Um, um, and during the rainy season, some sages 
take refuge in their house. Hmm? And during the four months, they instructed the boy who became Narada Muni in Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? So for four months, he served them, had their association, and so forth. And they, it, 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 he got deep uh, bhakti samskars from that uh, kind of sadhu sangha. It's characteristic during the rainy season that the sadhus will hold up somewhere. So uh, after they departed, then it so happened that his mother, going out to milk a cow, was bitten by a cobra and died from a snake bite. And this incident in, 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 in Narada's life just uh, served as a very powerful and compelling um, example of some of the uh, uh, fundamental teachings that you from the sages um, uh, arising out of the Bhagavad, the temporality of uh, the, the temporal nature of material life um, uh, and so forth. And it just really uh, hit home with him. So he left home. Some say he burned the house down um, in, in terms of uh, uh, performing a, uh, a cremation for the mother. Uh, some say he just, just left the house uh, altogether. And, and basically his attachment for his mother, which obviously would be, would be strong, was severed with the, with the con- combination of the teaching, the theory, and then what he saw as a practical example of what they're talking about, an aspect of the teaching. So he became a renunciate and he went and he, and he wandered um, completely depending upon Krishna. In his, in his Bhajan Rahasya, when Bhaktivinoda Thakur speaks about Nishta, he, as you know, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also com- uh, uh, connects Shraddha, faith, hmm? with Sharanagati, surrender. And there's a sixfold, uh, six uh, aspects or angas of Sharanagati, the center of which, and the Sarupalakshana, the primary characteristic of which, this Sharanagati, this is the external expression of faith, is Gopritvevananam Tata. So depending upon Krishna for one's sustenance, for one's maintenance. Hmm? When describing Nishta in relation to the third verse of Shikshastakam, in Bhajan Rahasya, Bhaktivinoda Thakur with Goprutve Varanam Tata, a full embrace of the really central limb of Sharanagati. And Narad Muni is, is, a, is, a, is an extraordinary, ancient example of that. I don't think that you can just walk out of your house right now um, in San Francisco and decide to um, become a renunciate, um, you might get arrested. <laughs> um, and there's, uh, there, there's no sensibility in, 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 in San Francisco for uh, such a, a lifestyle as there was in ancient India where people could do that and be provided for and so on and so forth. Neither is there a natural environment there, it's concrete jungle and so forth. So you, you might do it a little bit differently in our present times, but in his time, Nard just walked out, went into the forest, and um, ultimately sat, as the Bhagavatam describes, under a banyan tree and invoked his mantra given by the sages, and um, he had the darshan of Krishna. Hmm? Krishna in his heart appeared and spoke to him. And, and relative to our uh, point here, uh, Krishna called him a kuyoga. Kuyogi, Kuyoginam. Hmm? Um, Avipakka, I think he's described as Avipakva uh, Chayanam, hmm? um, which means that he still had some material um, residue, if you will, deep within his uh, uh, subconscious. Hmm? Um, and uh, Krishna told him, I've appeared to you to, to encourage you and, you know, carry on in this way and, and you'll attain me and so forth. And then he disappeared. Um, so in his Bhagavad Sandarbha, 
where we find uh, Jiva Goswami, Goswami describes three types of great devotees, Mahabhagatas, the Murchita Kashai, the Nirduta Kashai, and the Bhagavad Prapta Deha. And he gives three examples, Narada Muni, Sukadeva Goswami, and Narada Muni at a later stage. So the first one, Murchita, Murchita Kashai. Kashai is a, is a, is a word that is also in a, in a term um, invoked by Vishwan Chakravarti where he describes the stage of Nishta. He describes five uh, subtle um, uh, realities that, that, that once they are overcome, one is fully standing on the firm ground of Nishta. So again, there may be a beginning to a Nishta and an end. Nishta is the removal uh, of obstacles, anarthas, uh, false values that we that we we're troubled by, that distract us, and they come in different forms. They come from uh, previous good and bad karma. Um, within the stage of budget itself, they may arise for distinction, uh, adoration, profit, um, and, and so forth. Interestingly, interestingly enough, they may arise. So within the earlier stage when bhajan is not um, steady, they may arise there and it's difficult to eradicate them fully within the stage. They can't be, they can be eradicated in the stage of nishta. And uh, but these stages or, well, one of live shape, uh, uh, pratipati, uh, rasasvada, rasasvada, and uh, what is it? and kashai. So kashai is the is is the, the term used in the Bhagavatam to describe Narada Muni and Jiva Goswami uses this term Bhagavatam uh, prefacing it with Muchita. Muchita kashai. So kashai means like a deeply embedded um, desires um, influence of uh, Rajaguna. Hmm? The Bhagavatam describes Nishta as Nasta prayeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. Bhagavati Naishtiki. Naishtiki means nishta. Regularly hearing the Bhagavatam as Narada did, serving the person Bhagavatam as Narada did, the sages. The Tada Rajasthamo Bhava Kamaluvara SJA Cheta Etaranabitam Stitam Satve proceeded to. The influences of Raja and Rajas and Thomas, they are practically finished, not entirely. So there's some residue, residue. That's what is being referred to by the word um, kashai in Vishwana Chakritakura's description of Nishta and in, in Jiva Goswami's description of these three types of devotees, the beginning one of which, or the, the, the lower of the three is Muchita kashai. Muchita means like, the kashai, or this influence of Rajaguna, is suppressed. The devotee is such in his, in his or her practice that although there's some seed, the implication is, of material desire, it does not have the opportunity to, uh, to, to sprout because it's constantly, they, they constantly being flooded by engagement, uninterrupted engagement in bhakti. Hmm? So Narada, arguably, is an example of a, of a murchita kashai, I mean, Jiva Goswami has used this term, nirduta kashai would be the next stage of, of great devotees where um, that kashai is removed. It's no longer there. Hmm? He gives the example of Sukadeva Goswami, who was a liberated soul. So Narada, in the early stages, when he had the darshan of Krishna, he's a nishta, he's a madhyam bhakta. Hmm? He's not fully liberated yet. But it's a high stage within within that um, uh, practicing practicing life. The third type of Mahabhagavat Bhagavat Prapta Deha, uh, cited by Jiva Goswami, the example of Narada Muni at the later stage. 
Hmm? When he receives his Bhagavad Prapta, his spiritual form from Krishna, hmm? uh, now he's the most superlative uh, type of Mahabhagavata. But again, we go to the bottom end and we're at Nishta. So Nishta is an interim goal, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not easy to attain. Hmm? We have to strive for that. We have to make some effort and, um, it, it, it will be standing firmly on the platform and be able to speak like some of the devotees cited by Rupa Goswami in um, his Padyavali under the category of Nishta, like Sarabhama Bhattacharya. Intelligence has been fully exercised in bhakti. Logic and reason have been put in their place. And uh, there's, there's, it, they, they are, reason and doubt is no longer an impediment to my life budget. I don't care what anybody says at all. I've reasoned through it um, and, and such that, uh, that, that my reasoning has fueled my practice sufficiently to give me experience now that uh, I, I, I'm no longer in, uh, in need of such. I remember once speaking with uh, uh, Bhakti Gambira um, um, I can't remember his name, Bhakti Gambir. Um, Giri Maharaj? Giri Maharaj, yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, I read, uh, I think, 80, 100 books. Uh, you know, he was talking about, it, it, it really properly understood his time of trying to arrest the intellect and capture the philosophy, if you will, with its intellect and coming out successfully realizing, well, I can't capture it all. And, and there may be even, it's philosophy is a, is a way of trying to, ex, of, of expressing faith. Rupa Goswami's philosophy, uh, Jiva Goswami's philosophy are expressions of their faith. And it, it's never gonna completely capture the faith, so to speak. And so uh, he, he was able to have satisfied his intellect, if you will, arrested it, retired it in, in, in a sense, it, 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 in the terms of how it may get in the way of one's practice, and he's just doing bhajan, just offering flowers to Krishna, and going to the different darshans of the principal temples of Vrindavan every night, and so on and so forth, chanting his uh, lakhs of rounds and and so on. Um, so, um, a nice example, if you will, of what I'm talking about. So. Uh, uh, the practice is such in Ishta that although there is some residue, it doesn't get, uh, it, 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 it doesn't arise. Hmm? Kashai, that's from Rajagun. Lai is another, of course, Lai means arising from Tamagun, that influence um, um, where one falls asleep uh, while chanting, falls asleep while hearing the Bhagavatam. If you can't get to sleep at night, you know, read the Bhagavatam, they say. <laughs> You go right to sleep. So uh, uh, I think some that it will be uh, uh, easier not to fall asleep while hearing, less difficult to not fall asleep while chanting, and more difficult to not fall asleep while trying to meditate. So some gradation within that, but it is basically the influence of Tamaguna. Nishta means in the full sense, overcoming that. Big shape means uh, distraction while, while chanting, other thoughts and ideas that one um, um, thinks of. Um, that's also, well, liars from Tamaguna, big shape comes from, from, from Rajaguna. Um, uh, Apratipati from Tamaguna means despite having even overcome laya and big shape, one may be lack motivation, some some apathy, because he doesn't have full taste. Mm-hmm. So this in nishta, kashai we've mentioned, and rasaspada would be the entertaining of in the mind, sensual pleasures and so forth, having a taste for them, and that taste getting in the way, if you will, of one's concentrated practice. So 
Retiring these uh, five is, along with the principle, to a large extent, um, I think Vishwan uh, Chakratitakur gives different stages of eradicating these anarthas, um, complete, uh, absolute, uh, uh, partial, maybe complete and, and absolute. And within the stage of Mishta, then it should be that uh, anarthas arising from karma, good and bad, should be completely eradicated. And also, anarthas arising within bhakti, like, oh, because you are selling it, would appear some in bhakti, you get prestige and distinction, and so, and then you start to ride on those. So that will also be completely eradicated in the stage of nishta. When it comes to ruchi, then it will be um, absolute. Those will be absolutely eradicated, and so forth. So, it's a high stage, an important stage, um, an interim stage. With regard to the verse of Chaitanya um, Mahaprabhu himself that uh, um, we're deriving the idea of Nishta from, there, Vishnu Chakri Thakur in Nuri Krampani has given two kind of types of Nishta. Nishta, the actual practice itself, Kirtaniya Sadahari, uninterrupted practice, and Nishta with regard to things that will help the practice to flourish such as the fourfold mandates or the decorum, as I like to refer to it, of the devotees uh, given in that verse. Trinata pisunichena, tarora pisahishtana, amanina manadena, kirtanaya So being humble and in, 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 in great measure, humility and tolerance, and that tolerance um, should be such that in Bhaktivinoda, Estimation gives rise to compassion for others, um, uh, expecting no honor for oneself and giving honor to others. Mm-hmm. So these would be examples, arguably, of those things that will help to uh, um, steadiness in those things will be uh, is a, is a type of nishta, and steadiness in the practice directly of hearing and chanting itself, the latter being um, more uh, substantial of a means of ascertaining that someone has attained nishta, if that committed practice really amounts to a well-reasoned faith in which, as I said earlier, faith is not conflated with uh, the externals and the mental and intellectual function of belief. So, um, I'll rest with that. Are there any, uh, any questions? Hare Krishna. Hare Bol. Hare Krishna, yes. Who's and was Guru This is Shastravani Das. Oh, good morning. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> Thank you so much for your class. I had a question that... Uh, if uh, a sadhaka who is not on the stage of nishtha, who is not sufficiently pure in heart, on the stage or, of what? If hello, yeah, if he's not on the stage of nishtha, yeah, 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 and uh, uh, but he is intellectually convinced and uh, uh, he has faith. In the process, in the path of bhakti, in the Hari Nam, in Krishna, but he is not, or she is not on the stage of nishtha yet, like that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, reading the scriptures and uh, uh, understanding them for this kind of a devotee, uh, how useful it would be? Is it? Uh, useful because he is already convinced. He does not need more conviction. He just needs to be serious in the practice of bhakti. And uh, uh, if uh, such a devotee has a calling to read the scriptures and try to analyze the arguments, uh, try to 
refute the purva paksha who is arguing against bhakti for that he wants to read the scriptures not for his own conviction like that so what would you say yeah there will be persons like that so it's not one size uh, fits all um and uh but i think that um you know ultimately these the the reading of the scriptures will culminate in in hearing the 10th canto of the bhagavatam especially the braj lila you know and, and and so forth um and that's more i think what the verses of rupa goswami citing sarvam bhuta charge etc was were, were about but but um i i think that um I think that that exercise that you're you're speaking of will if done properly with will increase one's conviction and and it's it's kind of the uh, uh part of the process of re, of of arriving at a fully um satisfied intellect if you will um so uh no harm i mean uh and some people will be inclined like that you're inclined like that so um it, it you should do that um but then again also we do want to study the scripture and we may have an inclination to understand the arguments well and uh, and 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 retire the doubts of others and uh and 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 and, and seeing the logic of it uh our our faith may may increase and so forth but overall we should try carefully to read and study and see in doing so the extent to which it actually serves to compel us to to practice itself hmm? uh, not that hearing chanting is a practice i mean studying the scriptures is is gyana yogya according to bhagavad gita so uh, there's a place for that um but um we it, it it its purpose then is is to compel us to a, a, an easier thing in one sense but not so easy in another sense hearing and chanting hmm? right right does that help yes guru maharaj it helps okay good to hear from you thank you i i'm trying to i'm spending a little time to looking at your paper um your master's thank degree you. there uh it i got a couple other things on my plate so don't don't be impatient uh, i'm getting to it thank you guru maharaj okay grateful sir what else any other questions comments is the reception turn out okay arjun city or a little better yeah it was better towards yeah. yeah okay thank you so much that was a wonderful class even with well, the Technical. some interesting points yeah at any rate and you I mean, you don't want to be in a position you don't want to be in a position where you're really fully practicing but you don't know what you're doing and so you end up in a, in a, just a big expression of nimagraha uh, you know following things without understanding what what the purpose is that that's not nishta anyway <laughs> so anything else anyone no we're lucky to have so many uh, uh serious devotees sanyasis giving classes on the subject with that I thank Padmanabh Marsh for organizing this i think he thank he was the organizer of the him um and others there at uh at Charnagati um i haven't had a chance to listen to the other talks but, but uh i hope to hope to have a chance to do that afterwards are they available somewhere um online hopefully they'll all be available um we're, we're working on it okay good all right thank you all we'll hear from you again on wednesday right for lord mishinga dave's appearance day you're going to give a class um yeah what time is that um 11 o'clock your time okay okay sounds good i have a question is possible well Question. I have a question, Maraz. Oh, Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I am reading some book about uh, uh, 
Krishna Lila or different uh, devotees, you know. And uh, I feel some attraction, but in the meantime, I, I am not uh, at uh, the level of uh, uh, entering or uh, understanding with the heart. But uh, this is my, I don't know if I am really sincere, but this is, uh, I have some attraction toward this uh, eye topics, you know. And uh, yes, I want to know if, uh, uh, what uh, I should do, I, I should continue in my lecture of uh, different book. Uh, just I am reading uh, now Sri Bilap Kusumanjali. Yes, very high, very, very beautiful. And uh, yes, I want to some, some advice because I am not uh, really in Nista. <laughs> I am uh, low grade, but uh, in the meantime, I feel some some attraction toward this uh, this uh, I I subject. Yes, this is my yeah. You can read that. Books are written to be read. Uh, so if you have some attraction to that, then uh, that's good. Um, there are a couple of publications uh, with commentaries on Vilapka Kusumanjali in English. Anantadas Babaji, I think some of his lectures were published, and Narayan Maharaj also. Um, yes, I am reading that. Uh huh. Yeah. So, yeah, those are good. good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.